welcome to episode 133 of the Mandarian Orange Show. I'm Phil Vecchio. And I'm Janelle Vecchio. And we are the co-hosts of the episode of the show that you're listening to right now. Episode 133. Of the Mandarian Orange Show. That's us. You probably know that since that's what you're listening to, but just in case, just wanted to clarify. All right, should we get started? I think we should. What do you think you want to talk about first? Uh, fights? We haven't had fights to talk about in so long. We haven't interacted with anybody outside of our own little house. So who have we had to fight with? We'll have to come up with a good fight segment at some point because we haven't had that in a long time. Maybe we can talk about a classic fight. Yeah, yeah. It's good to go back so it's not like current. <laughs> we don't fight anymore. We've never had a fight in like so long. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, we'll work on that. But for now, I guess we're going to jump right into the news. And now the news. All right, please rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, wherever you catch your pods. All right, so I think I actually need to I need to update this because the real places it's at are Stitcher and TuneIn, but now iTunes is Apple Podcasts. Oh. I mean, I think you can still get to it through iTunes, but that's I don't true. know. And Google Play, sure. and now that's Google Podcasts. It's not Google Play anymore. Wow. I mean, there still is Google Play, but it's more for like apps and stuff. This is like old school of you. I that's know. That's how long we've been doing our pod. I know. And I think that's accurate. And here's why. I was trying to find links to like give to James Riley, who was our awesome guest last week, mm-hmm. to share. And I was like looking up trying to find us on Google Play, and it's just all these, like, apps or games and stuff. There was an app for Google Podcasts on there, but that's not where we're at anymore. But that is what it used to be. Well, I'm glad they finally got on the bandwagon. Like, And we're on those. Like, we're on... Our feed is updated to be on those. It's just I haven't updated the description here for where we're actually supposed to be, so... Right. All that is to say, give us a like, rate, review, all those types of things would be fantastic. Also, if you'd like to email us, you can write to us at mandarinorangeshow at gmail.com. That'd be great. And you can message us on Instagram at mandarinorangeshow. Or through our Facebook page. And uh, we also have a group on Facebook, so make sure you join that. And uh, share in the in the frivolities. <laughs> All right. So, let's see. Here's some things that are going on in the world today. First of all, how's the puzzle and Lego update? What what are we up to? We've been having fun. We've been going through Sister's Puzzles. She sent us in quite a good speed. Yeah. I will tell you, the candy puzzle that she sent us, I think they like gave up on it when they were yeah. halfway through it. It was so hard. Like, the kids gave up before I did, which is shocking. Nobody gave up. What are you talking about? You guys finished it. They didn't give up, but they weren't into it anymore. (laughs) 
Well, they wanted to be done with it. Yeah. It was it was challenging. So I would like get done with work and I would immediately go sit down and just I am not uh, I am a new puzzler. So it was hard to do by myself and then finally the kids was like once I started sorting colors out, they were on it again. I put some pieces in for you guys too just to help you out. I put a piece in your puzzle. Yeah, I think did you, you did. Did you have to take it off? I don't know. I still haven't like gotten to that area. My puzzle, the 5,000 piecer, quick update. Um, I have made a lot of progress on it. Um, I'm probably, I don't know if I had to guess. I bet you I'm down to like the last six or 700 pieces. But it's all like the dark corners of it that are tough now. So Is it going to be done in time for Thanksgiving? Maybe. We need to... Get done with something so we can have our meal at the table. Well, we did start doing our amusement park Legos. Like, the kids have done all of theirs, but you and I have our Legoland ones. Yes. It's like a Lego recreation of the Legoland amusement park. It's yes. very cool. So we did start on that. Um, we've been we've been keeping ourselves busy in the yeah. Lego and puzzle department. Yeah, definitely. Um, Don't forget... November 29th is when we're going to be on TV. I can't believe it. Uh, it's very exciting. It'll be here. Now, uh, the the show that we're on, the season has started. Ooh, that's a good clue. Yeah. So yeah. we started watching the other shows. Right. It's very exciting. Yes, because we want to like make sure we're watching all the stuff leading up to our episode. Yes. Very exciting about that. Also exciting, um, in case you guys did not see, Alex P. Keaton is my friend, which is my other podcast I do with my friend Keith, where we go through episodes of Family Ties, has returned. Um, I think there's been like two episodes since I mentioned it. Like, Yeah, you guys have been really regular. Or the third one will be up like by the time this episode comes out. Yeah. The third one will be up. Um, of our, you know, since we started up after, after going on hiatus, we just finished season two and we're going to jump straight into season three of Family Ties. So it's very exciting. I've been enjoying listening to you guys. I'm glad that you do. You, um, have good banter and great views on the show. (laughs) Thank you. Um, and I've enjoyed watching it with you. That's right, because you've been watching the episodes. Mm-hmm. It is kind of crazy since we're distancing, you know, we're recording remotely, Keith and I are, and so that means we're not watching the show together. It used to be he'd come over and we'd watch a show at our house and then record immediately but, thereafter. Yeah, I kind of like it. I kind of like you guys watching it with your wives because that's Yeah, what that's who we're watching anyway. Who you're watching it with and then, like, coming together. It's a slightly different perspective that we yeah. get, and... I we've kind of mentioned this on the show, but like normally, like we know what each other's laughing at, and like you know what stuff. Right. We're we make pre comments about it already. Somebody so. might think something's funny. Yeah. That you didn't, or the other way around. So that's been really cool. Alex B. Keaton is my friend. Is easy to find on Facebook or wherever. Just search for Alex B. Keaton is my friend. And uh, finally, in this news, I just wanted to like make sure if you, for some reason you missed last week's episode, uh, episode 132, we had our very special guest, James Riley, who's a New York Times bestselling author, and we did a really fun conversation slash interview with him, 
And it was so cool. He's the coolest. We really, really enjoyed it. And if you are listening to this episode and you heard us first through that because James has been very gracious and shared the episodes around, then welcome. Thanks for yes. hanging out. And we're um, huge fans of James Riley. So Yes. And we're fans of banter books. and books. And sure. fiction and pop culture. Whatever we like stuff. <laughs> So make sure if you guys did miss that, go ahead and listen to that one as well. Because it's super good. And he's a super cool guy. And definitely buy his books. As always, I recommend you start with Half Upon a Time and work forward. Because there is, there's connections between all of his series. And the if you do it in order, it's the best. But mm-hmm. you can pick it up wherever. Mm-hmm. He's super awesome. Alright, well that's it for our news section. And um, we have a... Something we haven't talked about in like almost a year. I know. It's time for the 30 day challenge segment. Yeah, November. Every November, Phil challenges himself with a 30 day challenge. In the past, um, he's done the, well, it started with the movie pass challenge. Right, 30 day movie pass challenge. He um, got the movie pass app membership and went to a movie every day for 30 days and i managed to pull it off that was the most impressive yeah i remember one night um we didn't think you were gonna make it like yeah. the app wasn't working and now you know it's dead doesn't, work doesn't at all. exist anymore but the app wasn't working we were driving back from orange county and the it was like really late. Um, it was like a week night, I think. Yeah, I uh, wasn't feeling good. It was that time of the month for me. But you were but, checking the phone as we drove along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, one popped up. And so I, I I dropped you off at the movies. <laughs> me and the kids went to Target, and I had to buy a pair of pants. Like I said, it was that time of the month. <laughs> and um, I said, kids, you guys can get some treats because, like, you know, we're filling time and they're being awesome. And I couldn't find, like, an affordable pair of pants. So I bought this pair of sweatpants. And I didn't look closely, but it was all, like, ripped. Like, like... For the look, like for the wear look, but there's all these like weird rips in it. Like that, but on purpose. On purpose. Yeah. But they were only like six bucks. So I went and changed my pants in the any, bathroom. Any port in a storm, any pants in a storm. So, and then I think we drove through like Jack in the Box. And, um, and you and, came back and picked and me up. And then it was like about time a trip to Target and Jack in the Box. That's all it takes. <laughs> Yeah, so that was the first one ever. That was crazy because I didn't have to pay for a movie the whole time. And in fact, I always keep this in here so I remember. I went to 30 movies in 30 days, which would have cost me if I had paid face value for each ticket $318.85. And how much did you pay for it? I think it was, wasn't it $10 a month? It was $10 a month. month. Yeah. For a savings of $308.85. I think we kind of know why MoviePass went under. Yeah, it's not my fault. They're the ones that came up with the system. It's not a very sustainable like, plan. Because people were online were shaming, like, oh, if you weren't like doing it so much. It's like, well, that's their deal. They yeah. shouldn't have made that deal then. It's not my fault. 
And I'm sure nobody was going for 30 days. I never did hear of anyone else that managed to do 30, because it was hard to do. Yeah, it was exhausting for you, too. It was, like, there was... you'd be asleep for the night sometimes. I'd be like, babe, you gotta, like, go out to the movies. I'd be like, no, (laughs) I don't go to the movies again. Uh." It was also hard because not that many movies come out in a month, so I had to find, like, indie releases. Yeah. um, it all the rule was I couldn't see a movie more than once on it, but I did. I was allowed to do like a, a vintage showing, like a movie mm-hmm. I hadn't seen in the theater before. So, like I, one of the ones I saw was The Shining, which I had seen before, but I'd never seen it in a theater. Right. So. And um, then, like we travel in the past, we've traveled a lot in November because you got. Veterans Day weekend, and you got Thanksgiving week, yeah. and you. So we, we had, had to plan to our trip around that. that. Yeah. yeah, but in Laughlin, I was able to use the tickets there too. So yes, it all worked out. So that was the first year. The next year, I did it. I did the thirty day sealed DVD challenge mm-hmm. because we have so many DVDs that we had bought that we had never watched because streaming took over. Yeah, and so I watched a different movie that we had paid for and had never watched. And uh, did that every day for 30 you days. You could do that again because you definitely have that many sealed DVDs. It's probably close. <laughs> but then last year I did the 30-day NES challenge, mm-hmm. which was every day for 30 days I played a different Nintendo game Yes. on the NES, the original yes. Nintendo Entertainment System, most of which I did on cartridges that I own, but I also, on travel days, allowed myself to play either on... My 3DS, which mm-hmm. has you know virtual console games downloaded on the Switch, mm-hmm. which has the games you know NES online thing, or on the um, NES Classic, which is the little right. plug and play you know. Because last year, at the beginning of the month, we went to Universal Studios, Florida. Right, right. and so I brought that stuff with me. And then we had our Laughlin slash. We went to uh, Arizona too. To the water slide hotel. Yeah. So. So I did that. So now here's the question. November is just a few days away. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do for this year? I don't know. You've tossed around a lot of ideas. Well, you said the 30-day sealed DVD challenge again, but that does feel like repeating. I feel like I should do something different, Mm -hmm. although I'm not saying I could never repeat. I mean, I could also repeat the 30-day NES challenge. I've got way enough games to do that all over again. Yeah. We could do, like, clean the house every day. Yeah, that just doesn't have the same charm to it, I think. I think the listeners would agree. Like, no one wants to hear about that. They want to know what, like, media I'm consuming, not, like, about what toilet I cleaned. You could go through um, your stuff in the garage. Yeah, I think that falls under that earlier category <laughs> I was mentioning. <laughs> what the next natural, like, logical progression would be is to do a 30-day Super Nintendo challenge. Because yeah. I, d- I have, you know, many... You definitely have that. Plenty of Super Nintendo cartridges, plus I have Super Nintendo games mm-hmm. on the SNES uh, Classic and, of course, the Super Nintendo on the Switch. Right. I think I know what you should do. Okay. You should come up with two possible things you want to do. Yeah. And put it on an Instagram poll on Mandarin Orange Show. All right. And let the people decide. I'm going to do that. 
I may, like, by the time this episode comes out, I may have had to do it. No, I guess I no. can, I'll do it. So, I'll do you, it. You, you can do it Right before beforehand. That. Right yeah. beforehand. So, let's say the two choices are Super Nintendo Challenge mm-hmm. or what else? I'm not putting a cleaning one in there, so don't. I'm not. Don't I get your hopes up. Joking! Oh my gosh! You could do. I'll tell you what. I'll do a 30 day challenge, and you do a 30 day challenge. No, I'm too busy. <laughs> I don't have time to clean every day. All right, so 30 day Super Nintendo challenge, or what was your other one? Um. We could do Steel DVD again if we want to repeat one. What about? Okay. Okay. okay, what about this? What about a TV pilot challenge? For 30 days, you've got to watch 30 different TV pilots. Like, because there's so much streaming and stuff going on now. All and right. then, like, you can decide at the end of the month which shows you were captivated by on the pilot and which you're going to... But how do I, like, narrow that down? Like, Like, ones that are current or ones that were actually made or pilots that never were like developed i'd say they have to be available on streaming so that you can watch you know you can binge watch it if you wanted to all right i guess that's a good idea it doesn't like move physical things around our house usually like but i guess like a movie pass challenge didn't either no it didn't i could do that and then you're getting the most bang for your buck out of your streaming services. That's true. We do have several. <laughs> Disney Plus, Hulu, mm-hmm. Netflix, Netflix, Amazon Prime, CBS, CBS All, All Access. Gosh. We got to, though. Like, you have to. Yeah. It's still less than paying for cable. Yeah. And it's the rule is it's got to be a show you've never seen, like, any episodes of okay okay so that it's actually a new find so how do i like have people vote then i guess i just like just put um because usually what i do is i have people help me to decide what game i'm gonna play or what i'm gonna watch based on a vote well i mean you could still do that each night you could do the games you could have everybody decide what we're gonna do for the month and usually, because I work early, Phil um, takes on, and I participate whenever I can. Yeah. So, just just putting the rules out there. But you can put the vote out for which one people want, and then you can, like, choose between two shows. That's what you did on the movie pass so challenge. So, just pick two that I am Yeah, might be because somebody in. might be like, oh my gosh, that show's so amazing. We could take write-in suggestions, mm-hmm. too. All right. Okay. So I'm not saying that's what I'm going to do. Those are the two yes. that we'll have people vote so, between. Super NES Challenge. Or the TV Pilot Challenge. Or TV Pilot Challenge. Interesting. All right. So it's got to be something available on one of those streaming services. streaming services. And something I have not actually watched other episodes in. Even if I've watched a couple, like I can't have seen no, it before. No, you can't have seen any. Okay. All right, so I'll wait until, like, right before the end of the month to post that. Yeah. Um, So that this, because we're recording this episode a little before I'm going to post it. Right. So by the time it comes out, then you will have a little bit of a chance to to vote. Insta. All right. That's it. That's the challenge. Ooh, that's exciting. I like that. That's a good idea. 
Thank you. I like it. Pops in my brain. Either one of those would be fun. And if I do one, then I may do the other one the following year. We'll see. Yeah. Yes, I like it. All right. Well, speaking of listener participation, we got some listener mail. Yay. You got mail. All right. So our good friend and listener of the show... Ben Hunt of the Alan Smithy Film Review Podcast, um, which you should definitely check out. Um, He wrote to us once again, and he wrote through our Facebook message uh, thing on the Mandarian Orange Show Facebook page. Mm -hmm. Um, But, of course, if you guys would like to write to us and have us read something on the show, you can also write mandarinorangeshow at gmail.com or contact us through Instagram or whatever. So let's jump in. Here's what Ben has to say. Now, keep in mind, too, Ben wrote a couple weeks ago, but as we mentioned on last week's episode, we put it off until now because we didn't have time to cover all of Ben's stuff and then also do the James Riley episode because that had to be uh, the bulk of the show. So this, some of these things maybe you know, you'll recognize from a couple weeks ago, yes. but it's all right. Um, he says, hey, hey, once again to my favorite Ukaipa peeps, Janelle and Phil. Hope all is well in House Vecchio. Do you like how, for some reason, I'm doing like a cool dude voice when I read it? Cool. Hey, hey, dude. It must be because you watched Bill and Ted with him. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed your latest episode. Even found myself laughing out loud more than once while listening in my car. Excellent. That's like the best compliment ever. It is. It really is. I have to tell you, Phil has this thing where if he can make me laugh out loud a cackle a cackle is what he calls it he is like so proud of himself but i realized like my friends at work feel the same way i guess i i don't provide the laugh out loud laugh i'm not like a ha, 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 ha. like i'm gonna well, laugh at your joke for no sometimes reason. you'll go like ha, ha, ha. like you have like smaller lesser laughs and i think some of them even genuine but a true like Janelle will just cackle. cackle out loud, which is, it's rare. I, I, I wish our listeners could hear it, but it's impossible to capture. Yeah. Because I can't, like, make you do it. You can't set it up. Yeah. Because my it's, friend Carly at work said the same thing to me. Like, when I get you to do that laugh, it's amazing. It is. It's such a satisfying <laughs> laugh. So, hearing that someone else is also laughing out loud um, at what we're it's doing. It just makes it's us, fantastic. it makes us have great joy. Um, okay, he says, thanks for responding to my previous letter, always, and many questions. To clear things up regarding SINMO, that acronym was mentioned by Phil on the show more than a few months back, yeah, and we- a lot has happened since then, so I don't blame you for forgetting what it stands for. What is SINMO? Drum roll, please. That's our drum roll. Whoever is not reading this, Phil or Janelle, this is your cue to make a drum roll sound while the person next to you clears up the big mystery by reading the following aloud. Oh, oh. Pro- I probably wasn't supposed to read the parentheses there. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Confidence in not missing out. There, now you can sleep. Sinmo. That's right, because we were talking about having FOMO, which is fear of missing out, and we said, if you listen to our show, you can have Sinmo, confidence in not missing out, because you're listening we're just to the so show. So on the up and up. That's awesome. Thank you for reminding us. And in a couple months, when you quote it again, you can write back to us and tell us again what it means. Because I'll probably forget again. <laughs> just kidding. We'll try to remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. 
So he says, so you did okay on the Coke slogan thing. Okay in quotes. And I agree. I feel like we, we did <laughs> no, pretty we bad. We totally butchered that. There have been, in fact, who else? Keith, um, who also listens to the show, but I, yes. he does the podcast with me. He commented on this too. Before I read what Ben said, he, when I talked to him on, you know, for recording yeah. our show, he like laid into us. He's like, you did, guys did so bad. And he like told us all the like, there's this one and that one. And he's like, this... <laughs> I don't know. He knew a lot more than we did. So other people have chimed in as well on the issue. We're not perfect, guys. <laughs> he said, there have been so many over the years, and some have been more memorable than others. Some classics you left out include, It's the Real Thing. He said, I think that classic 1970s ad where people of all backgrounds are singing together on the hill. I'd like to buy the world a Coke, etc. I remember that when he says it. I don't I'd like remember that. like to buy the world a Coke. Nope. I only watched Disney Channel back then. Others have been Can't Beat the Feeling, Enjoy, and Open Happiness. See, those ones don't... they don't ring a bell. Not as much as the other. And after Googling it, I found a few that were before our time, but definitely worth mentioning. These include 1952's What You Want is a Coke. Insert internal dialogue like Homer Simpson's Yes. I can't do a good Homer voice, so I don't know why I'm trying. (laughs) What I Want is a Coke. Uh... And 1906's The Great National Temperance Beverage. Temperance Beverage. Uh, temperance. Just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Yeah, I couldn't even say it when I read it the first time. That shows how well written that is. Here's an interesting thing about that, though. So, you know what temperance is? Yeah. Tell our listeners for uh, the okay. benefit. So, temperance means that you don't drink alcohol. Right. And if you remember correctly, I don't remember the exact years, but... There was a while when Prohibition was on yeah, where and, and it was illegal. Was alcohol. illegal. So a lot of sodas and other beverages were promoting themselves at the time as an alternative for alcohol. So Coke here, they're claiming they're the great national temperance beverage. But a couple of other sodas, you, you can tell because I know you know them. Cheer wine. Cheer wine. And one other like root even... Root beer. Root beer, right. These things that were previously called other stuff rebranded themselves to like encourage people mm-hmm. to try it so you would have root beer since you can't have beer yeah because really you know before it was, would have been known as like sarsaparilla and other things like that but they kind of you know shifted a little bit made it a little more is that how ginger ale oh ginger ale that's the started. third that's the other one yeah ginger ale same thing um there's probably another one those are the three main ones that i can think of now but well, anyway i would take a soda over a alcoholic beverage any day agreed but it is an interesting history it is yes so there you go so coke was they didn't change their name to uh you know to reflect it but they were still using that angle to promote Mm -hmm. themselves and i don't know if that was exactly during prohibition but uh, the temperance movement was a thing the reason prohibition happened was because people were against alcohol and so it was this big movement and so they're advertising to that crowd whether or not it was exactly during prohibition i'm not sure but i think that was like in the 20s that would make sense with the gangsters and stuff but i don't remember the exact year there you go you never know what you'll come across all right back to ben's letter moving along to answer janelle's query about ben stein you would ask them about it Yes, he sounded in real life just like he does in Ferris Bueller. When he says things like, does anyone know what Vice President Bush called this in 1980? Anyone? Something. Do economics. Voodoo economics. Bueller. 
Bueller. Wow, you're like on with the accents tonight. I think I sound more like George W. Bush, probably. <laughs> but I think that's probably an insult to people who would do a voice of George W. Bush. If memory serves, our fellow Biola friend Dave Nepper liked to share his affinity with Mr. Stein in that both of them share Sand Point, Idaho as their hometown. Though I think Stein just has a summer residence there now. Interesting. Let it be known. Oh, didn't we go to Sandpoint in mm-hmm. Idaho? That we stayed there, didn't we? I don't think we stayed there, but we stayed right over uh, the border in Spokane. And I- no, we stayed in Idaho too. We spent a couple nights in Idaho. Remember, because there was like the potato restaurant oh, yeah, we wanted yeah, to go yeah, to the potato restaurant. to be like super stereotypical Idaho. Yeah, I think we did stay in Sandpoint. I think Sandpoint is where we stayed. It's up in the Panhandle. Yeah. Um, I think we did. It's beautiful up there. I'm gonna look now. It's very green. I always imagined Idaho to be just full of potato fields and farmland. I know. I tried to explain that to you beforehand. It was really luscious and green and gorgeous. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that is where we stayed. I'm looking at a map now. It's right by the lake. Lake Penderell. Does that ring a bell? We stayed at a Best Western. Because then, yeah, nope, that's where we did. That's it. We stayed in Sandpoint. Because look, we came across that northern highway. What is that? The highway 200. And then we drove back through Coeur d'Alene on the way back. Yeah. So we, we didn't actually didn't stay in stay Coeur d'Alene. in there. Look, so we came back because we wanted to go two different ways. That's where we stayed. We stayed in Sandpoint, Idaho. And that's where we bought, uh, we went to a GameStop in Idaho and. Spoiler alert if you've never played The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, but Luke was playing it on his DS and got to the part where he found out that uh, that Sheik is actually Zelda in disguise, and it was like mm-hmm. one of his first big, like, mind-blowing video game twists, and he was, like, so excited. And he did it, like, in the parking lot outside GameStop. And it was That's cool. cute. Cute little memory. All right, back to Ben. He said, let it be known that I googled that last bit, and I'm in no way a Ben Stein stalker. What small club that must be. Running into him in D.C. all those years ago was fun, albeit brief. Now, about your discussion on Cobra Kai. I am all in on Phil's idea to keep expanding the Karate Kid universe with other characters played by the likes of Hilary Swank. I do have something to reveal. Oh, is this a spoiler? It's not a spoiler. It's not a spoiler. I read an interview with the writers. Okay. And the writers... It's a spoiler if people don't want to hear that. Well, they didn't say anything. Okay. You can fast forward if you want. It won't take long. But the writers said that Hillary Swink's Karate Kid is part of this universe. I knew it. So... It is a possibility. It's a probability. I am telling you, if they did that, the (laughs) storyline they could have with her and Daniel, like, because Daniel's going to be all jealous. The writers admitted that she she is part of the universe. That's incredible. (laughs) I Ben is right. It's this is going to be great. He said, and don't forget, Phil Michael Ironsides was also in the next Karate Kid. That's right. He's the bad guy that ran the like. The military force that was at their school, which yeah. I always thought was so crazy. It's it's a little bit like more of a stretch, the plot in that one, but yeah. I think it works still. 
He's a great character actor, but he may be too obscure for wider audiences more familiar with the classic Karate Kid universe characters. If they brought him back, though, oh my gosh, that would be amazing. It's such a good show. Personally, I'd be a big fan of the character Chosen Toguchi, Sato's nephew from Karate Kid 2, returning for a season on Cobra Kai. Also would be amazing. Yes. Um, because Karate Kid 2 is almost as good as the original. Yeah. Um, which would be fantastic to see. Um, they even I love that they referred to part two in a couple of spots. Specifically, what I'm thinking of is when he set up the ice for the demonstration. He was going to break through all the ice yeah. to show off, and then that fell apart. Anyway, um, he said it would be interesting to see where his alliances lie after all these years. The idea would be fun, but the writers would have to be careful not to jump the shark with wild, improbable plot lines. I always thought he was a great villain, and a secret part of me wants to see the return of Miyagi's nose honk gag. Cue the impression by Phil. Yes, of course. <laughs> Live or die, man. And he goes, die. Wrong. <clears throat> I mean, as a kid, my brother and I used to like reenact that over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. Like, that was how we ended our like karate classic. fights in the pool, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree. All of those. I think they've demonstrated that they can, like, play it cool and uh you know they i feel like they could they could integrate plenty of that stuff in not all at once hopefully they don't have them all show up at one time or whatever but there's a lot of storylines they could play with there yeah yeah then he says lastly if you're curious here are my top five cereals honey nut cheerios a classic it's good i like honey Mm -hmm. nut cheerios lucky charms of course cinnamon toast crunch frosted mini wheats and Fiber One Honey Clusters. That one's a little left field there. <laughs> you know how it goes. Being over 40, gotta meet that fiber quota. <laughs> do you actually like it or do you just appreciate the effects of it? That's I what don't I know. High know. fiber cereals are pretty good. That's true. One of my favorites are those brand O's mm-hmm. just because I like them. Yeah. Wow. I don't recall you asking any listeners to submit top five category ideas, but here's one I think you should consider. Since we're all in this COVID thing together, what are your top five comfort foods? These are the go-to, make me feel better, calories don't count, just give it to me food items. Go. All for now, keep on grooving and passing out those positive Sinmo vibes. So we did already do a top five for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we could we could do that one for the next, next one. Next one, definitely. So we'll... We'll put that on I'll the list. I'll put it on the list right now. Also, Ben, um, we your sticker pack is on the way. I got um, your message with your address. I will not read your address um, <laughs> on the thing, because I think that's probably not what you would want. <laughs> you know, it's Digital Citizenship Week. Did you know this? I did not. I don't even so, know what that means. Digital Citizenship Week is where educators have to teach yet another thing to children. Okay. <laughs> and that is how to be safe on the internet. Okay. So, so not sharing your address. One of the things we learned about today was it's okay to like share a fun picture or share like a picture of your ice cream. But maybe don't, like, share your address or any personal identifying information. And then they play this game where they um, have to, like, pass this challenge that they're not, like, sharing personal information on the Internet. (laughs) And they beat me. Wait, what do you mean they beat you? They got a higher 
higher score. The students got a higher score than me. What did you miss? I don't know. The, like, we we were doing... This was the game yesterday. We had to... <laughs> we had to talk on our cell phone and move these little creatures around. And it was supposed to, like, signify how hard it is to pay attention when you're on your cell phone. And so you would agree that of course I would score bad on that. Well, yeah. <laughs> I got 85 points and one of my students got 450. So I don't know what I was doing. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Well, I'll tell you, we could talk about this in fights many times because I cannot tell you how many times I've had a long conversation with you and then I look over and you look up from your phone and go, what? Huh? So. Sometimes I could tell you. Sometimes. <laughs> So, um, anyway, it is Digital Citizenship Week, so don't share Ben's address on the internet. That's a good idea. (laughs) Well, thank you so much again, Ben, for writing in, reminding everybody that you too can write to us and have us read your email on our show. You can write us at mandarinorangeshow at gmail.com or through any of our other social media stuff. And um, speaking of top fives, it's time for top five. Every time a bell rings, we give our top five. All right, now, Janelle, you came up with this one. This one is cruel because it was very difficult. I actually made you, like, narrow it down a little bit. Tell us what your category is and how I made you change it. It's a theme park attractions. That's just insane. That's There's no way you could do a top five of that. So I made you narrow it down to theme park rides. Which is a bad word at Disney. Well, but if you say attractions in any show, or just a natural feature, a walkthrough, like anything could be an attraction. A live, you know, musician, like, that's just so broad. I would have... Alright, well, a... are you going to start, or am I? Um, I forget who did last time, so... I don't know, you go first. Well, we know you have more than five. What? I so. only have five current rides on here all right so my number one favorite ride since i was old enough to remember yeah has been the log ride at knott's berry farm mm, that is that I mean, is it's pretty classic right it was probably like my first thrill ride it was luke's first thrill ride audrey's i think was big thunder but um we have a picture of us on it together um, because it's just, I just have so many fun memories on it. I agree. Um. Really <laughs> fascinating history. If anybody's interested, and it shouldn't be that hard to find, if you look on YouTube, there's little mini documentaries, you know, like all those great amusement uh-huh. park ones. And I can't remember which person did it, but they did a documentary about the log ride and about the mine train one, and it is fascinating uh, how that all came like to be. To so. That. Highly recommend you check those out. My mom had a funny story of her on the log ride when she was a teenager. Um, she said her her boyfriend was like in paramedic school or something, and he brought like one of those syringes, not with the needle, but just the syringe thing. Okay. And he dipped it in the water and filled the syringe up and kept squirting it at everybody else on the oh my ride. Gosh. And like she was soaked 
like from head to toe, but he bought her like a Knott's Berry Farm sweatshirt or something. <laughs> so that's funny. My parents have a ride, a story about that ride. So I'm pretty sure that's the one where they went there like on a date before they were married. And I'm the, hopefully they'll listen to the show and can correct me if I get mm-hmm. the details wrong. But the way I remember it is that my mom asked my dad if he loved her, <laughs> and the way he responded was, "Well, there are three kinds of love." Phileo, Eros, and he starts going into this whole thing of like what types of love there are, and my mom was like super mad because that's not how a girl wants to be answered right, on a date, you know. Right. <laughs> so wait, like, and he did it at Knott's Berry Farm, or yeah, like they were going, they were on the log, the log ride, ride. <laughs> or maybe it was in line for the log ride. Well, that is a romantic ride, yeah. You know, you get to you snuggle cuddle up. Hopefully, so. they can clarify that, or maybe how many is there? Five kinds of love? I don't know. The whole joke is, though, that mom and dad will say, oh, well, actually, there's three kinds of love, you know. That's funny. So. All right. So that. um, Agape. That's the third one. Phileo, agape, and eros. There you go. Um, And then sticking to the, like, Wild West theme, um, uh, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Ooh, which one? Uh, The one at Disneyland, for sure. Okay. Yeah. It, it, Disney World's fun, but Disneyland is that nostalgia for me. Yeah. That I... I do like how the Disney World one has the, like, um, what do you call it? The thermal area, you know, mm-hmm. like Yellowstone, and it's got the guy in the bathtub. Yeah, yeah. It's got a javelina, and you load downstairs. Yeah. But... Uh, the original, for us at least, was right. the one at Disneyland. So. so the first time I went on Big Thunder, it was a classic. My dad taking me to Disneyland and saying, I didn't pay all this money, so you won't go on any of the rides. <laughs> and he got me to go on, and I loved it. Like, that me that ride made me a thrill seeker. Yeah. And I started liking roller coasters. So... And we took Audrey on it pretty early on, and she loved it. But she was still scared of rides like that for a while. Um, Then I have Expedition Everest. Yeah. Which is, like, just a fantastic ride. And if you haven't been on it... Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom at Disney World. It is state-of-the-art. It's amazing. So... Um, there's some surprises in it, you know, you don't want to give them away. Yeah, you probably know. <laughs> and then the roller coaster at Doesn't Tivoli. seem to be any track. Yes! Okay, like, I have n- never been to an amusement park in a different country than I lived in. And so when we went to Denmark, and the first ride out the gate was this, like, Matterhorn replica where there's... No, a... this was before the Matterhorn. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, it was before Walt the Disney Matterhorn. Walt Disney and saw this ride mm-hmm. and then made the Matterhorn. Because it goes through the mountain and stuff. There is a guy on the ride that controls the brake. It's a manual brake, yep. And he was, like, doing, like selfies with us and you don't even have to walk but you don't even have to like stand behind a barricade the train car just keeps going and you like hop hop on on, hop hop off oh my god he was doing crazy poses and then like late at night because we went on it multiple times they would like do like a no brakes run or like less Mm -hmm. where they would go like extra fast i mean not no brakes but 
a lesser break. It was it fantastic. Was it was thrilling. And even though I've only been to Tivoli one time, I loved it. Um, and then the last one was a little hard, but I had to pick... I think it's La La Revolution Revolution Love Revolution The Revolution at, at Yes Magic Mountain Yes The Revolution Um that was my first upside down roller coaster mm. and it was back when they didn't have the shoulder harness you only had the lap Yeah bar no even like inner seat belt Yeah <laughs> and um that one was like the next level. Like Big Thunder got me to that point where I could go on a roller, an upside down roller coaster, and that one was like, yeah. yes, I love roller coasters. I remember going there to Magic Mountain when I was probably in like fourth or fifth grade. I chose to go there for mm-hmm. my birthday, and it was, you know, my birthday is December nineteenth, and so we went like right before Christmas, and it was empty. The park was empty. It was like yeah. the most magical day. We went with my cousin. Um, Michael and we just got on every. We got to go on that ride like three times or something. Mm-hmm. Like everything was open, and I remember in line we loved it so much because the guy on the microphone was just doing all kinds of funny Christmas stuff. At least to us, we thought it was funny. He, I remember he saying the one that we all quoted was he went jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride the revolution! Oh, and then that's we just nice. like lost it, and we were singing that forever. We still like yes, my brother. He'll be able to sing it to you immediately. That's great. So, I love that ride, too. That is a classic. It is a classic. And when they put the shoulder harnesses, I mean, safety and all that. But yeah, this but isn't the same experience. It is different. All right. You ready for mine? Yeah. I don't see look at my list. Long list. You're not allowed to look at my I list. I just am looking at the link. No, don't look. All right. So, first up, I have a couple that are repeats of yours. Um, I have Everest, Expedition mm-hmm. Everest, because that ride is fantastic. We've addressed that. Doesn't seem to be any track. Oh, yeah. And Stacy. Say hi to the Yeti for me. Stacy's the best. I mean, that ride was so built up by the time we actually went on it by seeing all that stuff mm-hmm. that by the time we went on it was just, oh, mind-blowing. Um, I also have the roller coaster from Tivoli because that experience was just, like you said, that was my first international part, too. We've been to several since then. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, that wasn't because we went to Legoland before that, and we went to the that other castle amusement oh, I park guess too. We did. But that on was that our trip, third. that was our third. Yeah. But it was on that trip. It was within a few days of and each other. We also went to Popeyes Village. And Popeyes Village, all on that same trip. But it is such a unique experience going to an amusement park in another country because there's so much that's familiar, but then so much that's just bizarre. Mm-hmm. Like at Legoland, watching the guys, like there was this little pirate ride. Where it was like a drop tower, but they you know kind of went kids, up and down like though. a kid's one. And the guys would stand around that worked on the ride. They were in costume and they had these like foam Lego swords. And they would go around and smack and the kids' hit the feet. children. And like if they got too low. Because it was like, it was self-powered. Like you pulled right. yourself up on a rope and then you'd let go and you'd drop down and you'd pull yourself up again. And they kept hitting them. And the kids <laughs> would like pull up. You know, it was playful. But they were like, ah, they'd go around and smack them with the sword. And so the kids would pull themselves up to not get hit. And they'd drop down and they'd smack them again. And we just never. sat and watched that. And we're like, that would never fly. Never fly. In the United States. Like, no one would. They, it would, they would shut that down immediately. Mm-hmm. And here, everyone just loved it. They and ran over and. laughing. Yeah. They went over to Luke and Audrey while they're waiting in line and, like, stabbed them with the swords yeah. and stuff. Like, 
And then Luke and Audrey stayed up the whole time they laughing didn't get hit at their them. Feet hit, but like, oh, it was just, I mean, just such a different thing. Or like you said at Tivoli, where like they just the roller coaster just sort of slows down and people hop on and hop yeah, off. Yeah, it's still moving as you're like buckling yeah. your seatbelt. Oh, like just. It just was amazing. Just it's such a unique, and it's weird because some people might be like, "Oh, you know, you got to see more cultural stuff," which we did. I mean, we went to castles and museums and art galleries and blah blah. But you can learn a lot about a a society. You can learn uh, or or a culture, a community about a group of people by the things they do for fun and Mm -hmm. how they approach fun. You know, Um, and the other thing that we noticed that was very different is. At least in Legoland, we saw a couple of times where a kid, like, had to pee while they were in line, and the parents sent the kids into yeah. the bushes and had them pee in the you bushes. just pee in public. Like, again. I mean, you don't want to get out of line, lose yeah, your place. because they just wouldn't pee in the bushes. And in the United States, they just leave the line and cut back in. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's. It's interesting. You can tell a lot about a culture by how they approach their fun. Well, and it's funny, too, because, like, um, the United States has definitely influenced a lot of theme park culture. Yeah. Like, the theme parks we've gone to. And it's funny to see, like, their wild west. Like, they, they love wild west. Yeah. And to see what they think the Our west wild west is. is. Yeah. Like, they were, they were roasting these, like... Pieces of bread, like a French bread loaf yeah. on the fire. And like... You know, like an old Western time. That's, that's what they did. But, I mean, I've never heard about that. Well, the best to me was in their old West town at Legoland, one of the songs they played on their like background music was Butterfly, Butterfly Kisses, Kisses by Bob Carlyle. Mm-hmm. And we're like, this is... How is it? None of the music sounded Western at all. It's supposed no. to be a cowboy town. No, they never played a It was American song. pop music, but it was... Anyway, it was great. So much fun and so much that you can learn. Popeye's Village was, like, even more bizarre. Oh, Malta, yeah. like... That was so much fun. Remember California? California! They kept calling... Yeah, because they asked us where we were from. California! The lady that played olive oil, like, we saw her all throughout the day, and they remembered us because mm-hmm. we were the big... Americans, you know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, fantastic. Well, uh, moving on to my list here. The next one on my list, number three, is Tower of Terror. Specifically the one in the Florida, Twi- the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Yeah, and that was better than the one in California was. Yeah, it bums me out that they closed the California one, but the Florida one is the better version. It's yeah. got more elements to it, and it's fantastic. I won't spoil what they are in case... Someone okay, gets to so go. is that number three? That's number three. Okay. Number four, this is a new one to the list. I try to spread it out across parks and stuff, and, you know, my list could change anytime. But number four uh, is The Beast, which was one we just that went was on. Great. The world's longest wooden roller coaster at Kings Island in Ohio. We just did it mm-hmm. last summer. And it was so, it's such a good roller coaster. Yeah. And it also just brought me back to that nostalgia of, like, Old seventies roller coaster yeah. stuff, you know. I loved Colossus. That was yeah, a classic. Well, and that's what it made me feel like. But Colossus isn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. At least not in its true form. And number five that I put on here was Montezuma's Revenge, for a similar reason to your Revolution. That was my first upside down roller coaster, and uh, Knott's Berry Farm. I never rode it as a kid. I was uh, too scared. I probably it's intense, went. Though. I probably went. 
waited in line, was like about to get on about six different times, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't handle the pressure, and I would go right on through. And so I think I didn't go on it till college. Well, it is intense. The The volume, it's so loud, mm-hmm. and everyone screams. The lights all go down. Mm-hmm. But there's also another really fascinating documentary about how that works, because it was the first of its kind, and the way that it works, I forget exactly how, but it's like a... It's like a trebuchet kind of thing. Like it's a a lever that swings it forward. That's how it's able to go from zero to super fast enough to go over a loop from standing still. It's an interesting little documentary about that if you want to look for that on YouTube also. So those are my top five rides that still exist in a park. I just have some honorable mentions of things that aren't anymore. Like X ones that would have made the list if they still existed. I'll just read them off. Pirates of the Caribbean before the Johnny Depp stuff. Mm-hmm. I still love that ride, even with the Johnny Depp stuff, but come on, the previous version is superior. And the California one is the best version, oh, at least yeah, compared to Walt Disney far. World. Um, Colossus is another one. Same thing, where the original version of Colossus is what... I mean, mm-hmm. love that ride. I got to ride it backwards a couple times, because mm-hmm. they would do that at like Halloween and some yeah. other special events, and that was great. I think I did that once. The Maelstrom in um, Epcot, which mm-hmm. is now the... Um, Frozen, the right. Frozen, so another one they took and messed up. The Submarines, also in, Walt- in uh, Disneyland, which now is the little Finding Nemo one. So all these were ones that like I liked the original way they were better. That's all. And then finally, Journey Through Inner Space, which isn't there at all, but that was like my favorite mm-hmm. dark ride as a kid at Disneyland, but now it's Space or it's Star Tours. I thought of one you should have put on your What's that? list. Soapbox Racers. Oh yeah, Knott's Berry Farm. That's another one that should be on there. Knott's Berry Farm has a lot too, because they also came with the dinosaurs, berry tales. Berry Tales is supposed to come back. Yeah, but it's it's a new version. I'm excited <laughs> they did it, but it's not like the original. Like, yeah. Um, and they also had the Whirlpool, the indoor like little carnival ride thing. Anyway, we could do a whole episode about just old rides that aren't there anymore. But that's it. See, I kept it to top five plus a few uh, defunct ones. Okay. Defunct Land and uh, Yesterworld are two channels on YouTube that do like documentaries about all this stuff. There's a lot of other ones too, but those two are mm-hmm. highly recommended if you guys ever want to look into some of those things. I'll get up to get a drink of water in the middle of the night and feels like <laughs> watching. Watching Defunct, Defunct Land. Land. It's so great though. They're like so thorough with their research. It's awesome. Okay, well, that's our top five. If you guys would like to send us your top five theme park rides, you can email us at mandarinorangeshow at gmail.com. So we're going to do one more quick segment, and it's time for Vintage Vecchios. We're going to do another segment of the Phil Archive. I'm looking through my school journal here. This is the same one we've done a couple of times where I'm writing back and forth with my teacher uh, from third grade. Now, you said you have one of your things like this, and when you find it and pull it out, we should do some of yours you as well. You moved them around in the playroom, and I can't find them. Well, it's out there somewhere with the quote book, I guess. Well, when you find them, we'll have you do some too. But for tonight, for now, this is what we got. So this, uh, the context of this part here, when I was in third grade, I 
I was in the tail end of being in Cub Scouts, which is like the little younger Boy Scouts thing, right? And I never, like, was a huge fan of it, although I was introduced to the NES. That was the first time I got to play NES was at a Cub Scout meeting, so that was pretty cool. I went to, like, the intro meeting for Girl Scouts and was like, no, thank you. Well, I bailed out, I think, by the time I got to fourth grade. Like, I think third grade was the tail end of it. Yeah. But at one point during third grade, I was trying to get some badges, and there's all kinds of, like, little activities you could do. So I was trying to do easy ones. And then, like, your parents would sign off, and then you'd go and get the badge, right? So there's all these, like, physical activity ones, and one of them was called the frog stand. And you, like, put your hands on the ground, and then you'd lift your feet up and, like, rest them on your elbows. Like, it was this weird pose, and you had to, like, hold it for a few seconds, right? It's probably hard for boys to do. It was really challenging, and so I was trying to do it. It was over at my friend's house. My mom was, like, just coming to pick me up, so she was there. And I was trying to do it, and I was on their, like, kitchen floor... And it was like, I don't know, hardwood or something, you know, maybe even tile, I don't know. And I was up in that pose and I slipped, because that was hard to do, and I hit my knee on the ground and it knocked my kneecap off, like off, out of place. So that was like down the side of my leg, like it was horrible, very, very painful. So I got taken to the emergency room and I had to be in like crutches and with a leg brace for quite a while. Um, during third grade. So that's the context of this conversation. I didn't explain that in here because she already obviously knew about it. Um, Can I just say, like, what is the point of getting a badge in the frog sand? That is the most pointless badge. I don't know. Why do you think I didn't do it anymore? <laughs> just, you were supposed to be able to, like, practice to do all these different yoga poses or something? Well, I don't know. I'd see, like, a yoga badge, but, like, you're going to base it on one Well, yoga okay, pose? here's what it was. It wasn't that. You didn't get a badge just for doing that, but in order to fulfill, like, a physical fitness one, okay. there's, like, you know, ten activities, and you have to check off seven of them in order to get right, this one That badge. makes a little more so sense. So that was one I of the things like, to do. Okay. Well, I'm remembering, because it, it's been a long time, but I'm okay. pretty sure that's how it worked. I don't think you got a badge just for that, but for, that was one of the things you, you got a do. badge for bumping your kneecap yeah. off. Well, I still have, like, knee pain in that same knee to this day, like, sometimes. It makes me, like, barfy. Oh, it was horrible. Is this going to be, like, detailed about it? No, 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 no. Okay, good. I said, so she asked me, uh, does your knee feel any better today? And I said, not really, but today my doctor ordered a weird, oh, a weird kind of knee brace that goes around the kneecap and pulls it into place. So then I will be able to play soccer. <laughs> soccer. <laughs> that was the one sport I ever thought I was kind of interested in. We, it was really popular when I was in second grade at the private school. And, like, I wasn't very good at it. But it was better than, like, the other sports I was really terrible Stop at. trying to make fetch happen. And then she said, oh, that sounds better. How soon will it arrive in Big Bear? I said, I think it will arrive on Friday. Um, that would be wonderful. I said, I don't think I will have to go trick-or-treating with crutches because he said that I have to be on, I have to be on weight until it hurts, like put weight on it until it hurts. And I can put my full weight on it and I will probably get to know, oh, get the knee brace at my appointment. Um, that's not fitting, trick-or-treating. I know. And she said... Um, I noticed you got to go trick-or-treating without your crutches. Did you have a, a fun Halloween? I said, yes. I had a very fun time Saturday. What were you for Halloween? Did you have a fun time? Did you trick-or-treat? 
And she said, no, I didn't have a costume, but I had fun taking, I won't say the name just in case, Mm -hmm. my daughter trick-or-treating. And I said, oh, what were you going to be if you did dress up? She said, I have a Tweety Bird costume. It's kind of weird. And this is a great part. I said, why didn't you dress up? Grown-ups should go trick-or-treating, too. (laughs) She said, I just didn't get around to buying the stuffing for my costume. Didn't it come, this is me, didn't it come with stuffing? If it didn't, I think you got ripped off. (laughs) Except I said ripped off. (laughs) Because I didn't double the costume. You got ripped off. She said, no, it didn't come with the stuffing. I made the costume. And I said, oh, that's different. How did you make it? Why don't you just keep the stuffing from year to year? <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> so obnoxious. She said, I usually do, but I forgot and let my daughter use it to stuff some pillows she sewed last Christmas. And then this is this is it. This is the, the best line, and I'm not going to be able to top it after all this. But here's how I followed that up. My mom got pregnant last weekend, but she won't have a baby till summer. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh. Yeah. That's how I introduced that I was going to have a baby. And that the baby was my little brother, Matt. Wait. What grade are you? Third grade. I thought you were 10. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. You're older. Yeah. I remember. I was 10 in fifth grade. But I'm a December baby, yeah. so. And yeah. I'm not quite. I'm really nine and a half years older okay. than him because he's born in June. I'm December, so. That's cute. Yes, I clearly didn't quite understand how everything worked out there at that point. Scientifically, you did. <laughs> My mom got pregnant last weekend. <laughs> um, and she was very excited about it, and she asked me if she I wanted. She probably like went and told like all her friends at work. You'll never guess what this third grader said. That his mom got pregnant last weekend and have a baby. Oh, you know, like in the the teacher's Teacher's lounge, lounge. they were loving that. Classic. So, I think I gotta end on that. Like, that's just... It's fantastic. It's pretty great. We'll, uh, We'll pick it up and talk about more stuff later, but... I'll find my elementary school journals. Yeah, that would be good. In my quote book. That'd be good to do. And with that, I think we're going to wrap up this episode of the Mandarian Orange Show. All right. Thanks for co-hosting with me, Janelle. You're so welcome. Thank you for listening, everyone. We appreciate you guys listening and uh, hope that you guys are doing well. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. You can write us at mandarinorangeshow at gmail.com and keep an eye out on Instagram. And I might even do it in Facebook um, we'll have a, a vote to see what my 30-day mm-hmm. challenge will be. What will Phil's 30-day challenge be? TV pilots or Super Nintendo games. It's, oh, it's interesting. I really, I'm excited about either one. I can't wait to see what people want to see. Mm-hmm. All right. Any other things? Um, no. Ooh, I know one last thing that we should mention for you. Your um, My Vacation Pants Instagram. Oh my gosh, guys, follow me. 200, as of like right this second, you have 212, I think. You're 212 likes away or follows away from your 10,000, which was where you get a swipe up. You get the swipe up link. So then I can start putting my blogs on my Instagram stories and then people can swipe up to my blog. Just over 200 to go. You can make it. 
I know you can do it. So if you guys haven't followed Janelle's My Vacation Pants uh, Instagram, you should definitely do that. And I think that's going to do it. So for the Mandarin Orange Show, I'm Phil. And I'm Janelle. And we talk so you don't have to.